I had it in my mind that I'd tell you what's going on when I got up here, um, forgetting that Andy was going first. Um, so there we go. So you can actually see, visitors, that we aren't the perfect church, despite what you've heard. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, I want to add my thanks um, to Ruth and all that she's done. Ruth, thank you. Uh, thank you for the work behind the scenes, but also for me personally, thank you for your friendship. Um, thank you for the opportunity that we went grocery shopping together. Never forget it. She kept on telling me I was hurrying her, and um, I wasn't. Um, and, uh, and I also got the opportunity to see what she buys and what she eats. So that is great. So thank you, Ruth, for yeah, your friendship, um, that common ground we have when I go to your house and we just talk about life and family, and that's really special. So thank you. Um, yeah, so I want to explain what's going on today. Um, yeah, and sorry for visitors that we didn't explain this before, but this is an unusual um, meeting today that we're going to look at our vision. And I know from Andy's perspective, because he told me, that he found it hard that we, after the remembering Jesus, the most important person in our lives, he found it hard doing finance after this. Um, and it wasn't, um, it just worked out better that he got finance out the way and you were still awake. And so we thought, we'll just get that done. But we're not a church about finance, but we want to keep you up to date. Um, it's one of the things that keeps the church going, it keeps me employed. Um, pays the bills, it helps our mission. Um, so the few changes that we're doing there, we, we want to keep you on board. Um, but just to let you know, the one who we remembered is our focus. Um, he is our love and we want to honour him first and foremost. Before, because I thought there could be visitors here, I want to do a little bit of a devotion um, before we start. Uh, and that's to look broadly, very quickly, um, before we get to our vision here, and, and our vision basically means what we want to concentrate on this year for Hukunui, is to look at a bigger picture. Um, so before we get to 2020 vision, I want to look at a bigger picture. And that is the church, us as a whole. What we're about, what we should do, how we should act, what example we should be. And what does the Bible say about this setup here under this roof? Remember the church is not the roof, or the sides, but us here. And so I wanna quickly look at that and challenge us uh, on that. I remember Paul Tabram, he was last week here doing a devotion. And Paul happened to mention in Ephesians that the church is full of hodgepodge people. And that kind of clicked because to be honest, I don't know what hodgepodge actually means because it's an older term. Um, um, but it I did get me thinking. I understood what podge meant, but hodge, no. And so I thought, he's right, you know. Church is like that. We've, like I was at the door this morning. The different people who came in, the different cultures who came in, the different ages that came in, the people who came in who I know have probably different theology than me, different thoughts on how church should be run, and as we gather here, we are a group of hodgepodge people. We're from different backgrounds, different upbringings. But here we are. Here we are meeting with one another. 
You know, I was thinking through the week, if it wasn't God's idea to meet like this as a church, as people who have trusted in Christ, I would have ditched this kind of thing straight away. The world would have scrapped it or the church would have scrapped it and met somehow differently, maybe just with friends, maybe with just people who think the same as you, maybe who drive the same car, live in the same nice community. But it's not. It is God's idea. And because it's his idea, it can work. And because it's his idea, it will work. And because it is his idea, it does work as we come together. I was reading a story, John Ortberg's latest book called um, Who Is This Man? And I, just thought, I, just, I thought it was quite funny because sometimes it can descri- describe what church is like and how we defend our positions so hard. It says this, made up story by the way. A man was walking along the San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge when he came across a woman standing ready to jump. He saw her, he knew he didn't know what was going on, but he ran up to her. He wanted to tell her about God's love. A tear came to his eye as he saw this woman standing ready to jump off the bridge. He asked her a question, are you a Christian, are you a Jew, are you a Hindu, what are you? She said, I'm a Christian. He said, that's great, me too. And so he kept asking her these questions, are you a Protestant or a Catholic? She said, Protestant, me too, he said. What denomination? He said, Baptist, she said, Baptist. He said, me too, Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? Northern Baptist, she said. That's great, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? She said, Northern Conservative Baptist. That's amazing, I am as well, he said. Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist or Northern Conservative Reformed Baptist? She said, Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist. That's remarkable. Another question, if I may, Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist of Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist of the Eastern Region? And so she answered, Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region. He says, this is a miracle. I am as well. One more question, if I may. Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912? She answered him. Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. So he decided to push her off. And as as she fell, he yelled out, you heretic, die. And that's what can happen sometimes, isn't it, in churches? That just because we do not agree on the finer details, we would push our brother or sister off a building. But this is not how church works, and this is not how Jesus works. There was a man that noticed the tendency for us and the Pharisees to exclude others And this is what they did, the religious leaders of Jesus' day. And they thought and regarded it as a great virtue to disregard people who didn't believe what they believed. But it wasn't a virtue. Jesus regarded it as a great sin. And he often surprised his disciples by standing up for the other side. 
One day in Jerusalem, as they were walking through, Jesus wanted to stop in the Samaritan village. They didn't want him. So what his disciples say? Let's call down fire from heaven and destroy this village. I'm sure they were thinking this is a good idea and Jesus would be pleased with us as we do this. But he wasn't. He rebuked his disciples and stood up for the Samaritan village. Details, little details that we forget. And sometimes in church we get hardened with details that we're not supposed to. On the other side, sometimes we become so familiar with church that we do not care. We do not defend anything, we do not serve anywhere, and we have no opinion on anything. And that's the other side. And I've seen it in life, don't you? One of my sons, who will remain nameless, he went to... Uh, I remember him coming up here and going to Boys High, and when we, I dropped him off at Boys High, he had a beautiful new shirt, a beautiful new, kind of, I was going to say cardi, but jersey. He had shorts and his socks were pulled up, up to his chest, and bright shoes, black sparkling shoes, and I thought, there he goes. He wasn't familiar with the place, but there he goes. Clean, neat, and tidy. But as he got familiar, and two weeks later, when I was picking him up from school, I noticed the socks were down. The shoes weren't polished. Shirt was hanging out, lost his jersey, you know, familiar with the place and didn't care as much. And that can happen in church as well. Yes, church is a funny place, isn't it? It can be a funny place. But let's be reminded that this is God's place. It is God's idea and we are God's people. Ponder this, if you may, that the New Testament uh, and the Bible that we read in the New Testament is aimed at a people, a church, more than the individual. Listen to some of the main books of how Paul starts them. To all Romans, the book of Romans, to all that who are in Rome, First and Second Corinthians, to the church of God which is in Corinth, and Galatians, to the church at Galatia, Ephesians, to the saints who are at Ephesus. Colossians, to the faithful at Colossae. First and second Thessalonians, to the church of the Thessalonians. And so our New Testament is about church. The letters are written to the church. And that's what we are. And we must take note as a community of what it is and what we are. It's amazing of what church is. Church is for us to help one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to love one another, to carry each other's burdens, to care and to disciple. It's what church is. But we must see that. And I loved at home group the other night, Andy read out 2 Kings chapter 6. It was Elijah and he was surrounded and his servant was afraid. And so Elijah prays this prayer, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. That's what the church needs to do sometimes, to say, Lord, open my eyes to see what this congregation, this community that you've brought together is all about. How can I help? What am I meant to do? That's our job. And so as we got together as an eldership, in January. As Andy said, it was a bit late. Um, there was a verse that stuck out, and it was Hebrews chapter 10. 
Hebrews chapter 10 and and verses 24 and 25. And it says this, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, exhorting, oh sorry, in 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. And that started our conversation. Don't forsake coming together, but to stir up love with one another. Not only with love, but to good works as well. And so what does that look like as we talk that over? What does that look like in verse 24? Well, it's prayer. It's to be an example. It's to read God's word. It's to look at mission. It's to discipleship and to encourage. Then verse 25 says, don't forsake coming together. So many people do that, don't they, in this day? They don't come, they don't meet. And and I know that feeling when I was younger. There are a thousand reasons you can come up with of not turning up today. A thousand. But as every historian looked at church, it has always been a departure from the normal. If you don't come, you will 99% grow cold. You'll have your own ideas that no one agrees with. You'll be excluded. And all of a sudden your walk is no more. That's why it's God's idea to meet together, to help one another, to encourage and love and good works. And so our vision for 2020 and what we came to as we talked around is some main pillars or major pillars of the church here at Hukunui. And I guess the, the, the vision is two words, be church. Be the church. That's what you are. We just have to be it and show the world that's what it looks like. And so there are five kind of pillars that we talked about, but there is one that we really want to concentrate on this year. Some of you who are really old might be thinking, I've got this off a guy called Warren Wesby, and I didn't, because I know what you're thinking. So be church, and so here's the five pillars we want to look at, or have been looking at, but one that we want to concentrate on. The first one is be reading. Be reading. And we looked at that in 2018, didn't we? That we want to hold God's word to the highest. And we want to read it. So in 2018, if you're a visitor, what we did is we bought in quite a lot of books, different versions, versions of books, and uh, bought them in cheap so we could sell them to you, not as a profit. And so we sold around 60, 60 Bibles going through the Bible every day. So if you read that portion every day, you'd go through the Bible in a year. And that's as a church what we did in 2018. And from an eldership perspective, I know some of you kept reading through 2019 and some of you started again. And we want to encourage that, that you continually 
Hold God's word up. Now, it might not be reading the whole Bible through the year. Maybe it's the Psalms. Maybe it's New Testament. That's fantastic. We want to encourage that, not to stop that, but encourage it. So we did that in 2018. Be reading his word daily. Second was in 2019, be accountable. And what we meant by that was discipleship. Some look at it as mentoring. So old, get beside young, maybe just a friend, is to go through the Bible. Walk with another person in your Christian walk. So be accountable to one another. And we still encourage that for 2020. Not only in daily reading and in God's word, but also to have someone that you walk through God's word with. There's lots of problems out there in life and you need someone to walk with. Sometimes we get lost in a big church like this and sometimes you don't trust everyone in a big church like this. And so we encouraged in 2019 that we discipleship, uh, disciple one another. And so be the church is to be reading, be the church is to be accountable, and then thirdly, to be involved, whether that is mission, whether that is evangelising, whether that is service, be involved. Fourthly, to be an example, be an example. And as we look at that, what do I mean by that? Romans 13 these beautiful verse, Romans 13, verse 12. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly in this day. How do we do that? Verse 14. Put on the Lord Jesus. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. And so fourthly, be an example. Put on the Lord Jesus. Be his example in this world. So be reading. We encourage you to be reading. Be accountable to keep discipling. Be involved in something. Mission, service, evangelising. Be an example. Put on the Lord Jesus. But lastly is that two words that we want to concentrate on this year. And that is to be praying to be a praying church. It's funny, as we met together in January as an eldership, there are a few things that we, we weren't happy with with the year before, and whether that was, you know, just even eldership praying together, not enough. You know, how did the Saturday nights go? How many did we get to pray with the church? Not enough. And so as we talked and kept pondering over stuff, you know, the home groups praying, there was that one word that kept coming up in our meeting, and that is prayer. And so we felt that we really wanted to concentrate this year for Hukunui to be a praying church, to encourage you to pray more, to keep at it. We want to do it ourselves as a leadership. We want to pray more. In your home groups, and your life groups, or your focus groups, before you start is to pray. As the church meeting we're going to look at, maybe not the Saturday night thing that we did, but something different, that we can get more people here to pray. And not only just to pray for many things, but maybe it might be that we come together to pray for only one or two things. Aim at what we really think the Lord wants and go for it. 
In the design of our services, we want to encourage more prayer, not just in the remembrance of the Lord, but for our missionaries overseas, for our groups, our Kenehi kids, our Kenehi youth, our youth group, our ladies' craft, our daughters by design, the prison work that comes out from here. We want to hold that up more in prayer because we believe God is doing something here at Hukunui. Really believe that. As I see people come in and through this door that aren't even saved, people are walking in, wanting to know and hear the gospel, wanting to do a Bible study. That doesn't normally happen, not in my lifetime, that I see that. And so we believe God is doing something special here, let alone the young people he has brought along to build the church. We feel that because God is on the move, that we want to, when he, he sees us here, to be on our knees more than when we are. We need to call upon God more with prayer. We need to praise him more with prayer. We need to worship him more with prayer. We need to be specific with what we want and what we pray for, even my list. And so 2020, we want to be intentional about prayer. We want to focus on it far more than we did the year before. And so we want to encourage you, Hukunui, more and more to pray more. Whether that looks like just as a husband and wife, whether it looks like just a friend in disciple, whether that, that looks like in home groups or in our service, We want to pray, and we want to pray more. We're going to end each month if we don't have a missionary uh, or a topic that we normally have. Our topic now this year, at the end of each month, because we go through a book, but at the end of each month, we reserve that in Sunday to either mission, but now through it, yes, it still will be mission, but also going through the Bible and its prayers, so great prayers of the Bible. Jonah's prayer, Elijah's prayer, David's prayer, the Lord's prayer, Paul's prayer, etc. And that's what we want to do. So this is our focus uh, for this year. Now I just want to end with a story, just to encourage you. It's a secular story, um, but don't worry, I haven't got my business model for church. But I thought it was very, very interesting. And I think it will work um, for you and for this church. In 20, well, 2003, I don't know how to say 2003, it sounds funny. So 2003, a governing body for professional cycling in Great Britain hired a man named Dave Brailsford. Dave Brailsford. They'd sacked everyone before him. Why? Because at the time, Great Britain's cycling team was useless. Think of what they didn't achieve. Since 1908, they hadn't won a gold Olympic gold medal in cycling or road racing. Nothing. They had never won in 110 years the Tour de France, which was right over the ditch from them. So they hired this man, David Brailsford. What did he do? How would you go into a situation like that? Well, I'm glad you asked. He started looking at everything. 
He set out to change everything and improve everything by 1%. 1%. That was all. So what did he do? He looked at the designs of the seats in the bikes to make them more comfortable. Normally, they designed them to be hard. He looked at it and wanted his riders more comfortable. He looked at rubbing alcohol on the tyres for 1% better grip in the first couple of laps. He got them to wear electric heated shorts, so it brought the muscles up to temperature far quicker. He looked at the fabrics they were wearing, he had different types of massage oil on them so they recovered quicker and he experimented which one was best. He only needed 1% change. Even to the extent he looked at pillows that they were sleeping on so they had a good night's sleep. He brought a professional doctor in to show them how to wash their hands properly because of colds. We could do with him here. Washing of hands. And then he looked at the dust in the bikes to blow air through the tubes in the bikes to make sure there was no dust on them. All he was looking for was 1%. People thought he was nuts until 2008 came along Olympic Games. And Great Britain, their cycling road and their track won 60% of gold medals. You think that's pretty good? Well, four years later at the Olympic Games, they won more than 60%. In fact, they won nine Olympic records and seven world records. 1% here, 1% there, 1% somewhere else. He improved that team. What has that got to do with us? Well, maybe as I started in 2 Kings 6, we ask the Lord to open our eyes that we may see him. And to do that, we have to pray to him. And we have to be more serious about him, whether it's reading his word, whether it's discipleship, whether it's getting involved, whether it's being an example or in prayer. What if, as Hukunui, and them five things, though prayer, as I say, is our focus, we improved by 1%. 1%. I'm going to decide to pray not only in the morning, but in the afternoon and the evening, just maybe a minute long, and actually pray for certain things that I see God moving, or a certain outreach, or a certain prison work, or a certain person or family member I know. I want to adjust my prayer life by 1%. What would that mean? We can see what it means in sport, but what does that mean on a spiritual level if we'd only dedicate ourselves a little bit more to the seriousness of living for Christ and praying to him and for him? No, no Olympic medals for us but maybe a crown. 
maybe a, a bigger crown that one day we can kneel at the feet of Christ and give it back and say, Lord, what you've done in my life, here it is. 1% here, 1% there. And so the eldership at Hukunui want us to be more serious, maybe a lot more than 1% serious on prayer this year. And that's what we want to push. And that's what we want to be known for as a church, to pray. And so will you pray with me as I close in prayer? And I know we've got another song, but I'll just close in prayer as well um, just before we sing. So thank you. Uh, I apologise that you didn't know what was going on, um, but I hope you do now. And then we're getting back to going through the book of Acts. Uh, next week we're coming to the end. Uh, some of you might think what's happened to the build. The build is still chugging away and we're going to have a separate meeting with the build with you. But we didn't want to put uh, too many things in our minds and you go away thinking off the build and what it's going to cost. We want you to think and pray because that's more important for us here. And so, yeah, that's why we didn't mention it, but we will get back to that. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the songs that we've sung. Thank you for the one that we have remembered this morning, the Lord Jesus. Oh, help, um, help us to put him at the top of our lives, to be everything to us. Help us to be like Paul, as Tom talked about, that everything in this life is rubbish and the knowledge of knowing you, Lord Jesus. That is our gain, to know you, to walk with you, our Lord and Saviour. Father, we've talked about things which are, are really basic things through your word. But sometimes they get um, lost in the busyness, even in church life. And so, Lord, as a leadership team, we want to really just put it before your people to encourage them, to help them, even to push them to pray to you more to praise you more, to worship you more in prayer, to ask for things that they can see you doing, like our outreaches, to see your hand and experience who you are, to make your word come alive, not just words on a paper and a book, but help them be living words, especially for me, Lord, to experience you, to know you more, to walk with you closer. Lord, help us to pray. It's what the disciples said, isn't it? Lord, teach us to pray. And we want that too, Lord. That as we pray more and more as a fellowship, we'll just see us do what Hebrews tells us, what we've been looking at, Hebrews 10, that we stir up one another in love, we encourage one another to good works and then we see you even more. Lord, help us to be a church of prayer. Help us to take you seriously. Help us live for you and you alone. We ask it in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.